Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before. But you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. There's only one Eric's Family Barbecue location in Arizona. That's right, just one. It's in Avondale, and it's worth the drive over and over again. Barbecue restaurants that have several locations usually cut their quality for expansion. Not Eric's Family Barbecue. Eric serves Texas-style barbecue that never disappoints, always delicious, never rushed, and prepared to perfection. Now, we know brisket is king, but have you tried their pulled pork with coleslaw? It's a match made in heaven. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Go to ericsfamilybbq.com for more information. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Wednesday. It's 545. This is the Morning Sickness. My name's John. There's Brady, Brett, Big Dick Toledo. And off we go for our uh, glorious Wednesday morning. And uh, this morning, I'm going to be pretty much talking like this the entire time because I was uh, watching the Banshees of Inishirin last night, and uh, I can't help it. I just start watching, like... I almost dove into that. Oh, God, it's a great movie. Great people. Great stuff. Quite dark. It's a dark... I, I, I like dark comedies. This one's like, okay. And it's very deep. It's a... Uh, it's got a deep uh, uh, inevitability uh, theme. It's pretty good, though. But you can't help it. You got these Irish people talking on your TV all night long. You got to wander about looking for Irish stuff in your house. Don't have any. It's like train spotting, just nothing but that accent yes. the entire time. Uh, yeah, okay. I had a you know, got to have the subtitles on, or you're not going to follow oh. it at all. Out. You can't do it. I'm out. It's, no way. It isn't a foreign film, but it's awfully damn close. <sighs> My favorite part is the way they say the f word. Uh, they don't. They don't say the f word the way we like. They and it's even written in the subtitles with an e instead of a u. Like feckless? Yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to Irish fake it. I'm not, it's not worth the fine. I'm not, I'm not thinking. Okay, right now, it's, it wouldn't be, Johnny. It's not worth the f- fine. But it's, it's pretty good. It's, uh, but, yeah, the Irish things just stuck in my melon. So now I'm just I'm, – every thought I have is in, is in an Irish accent. It drives me nuts. My old boxing trainer, I wanted to call him. <laughs> Translate yeah, for you? Yeah, just to have Ray over to just go, hey, is this what it's like? I – Exactly what it's like over there, Johnny. Hey, you got five bucks. You got five bucks. I'm like, oh, God, he's back. I forgot I had a raise back. Digital blackout. If I saw my old boxing trainer, Ray, who I haven't seen in a long time, thought the world of him. I, I liked Ray a ton. But there wasn't a moment in his life. Like, you could have, like, I don't, I don't know, it's probably been eight years since I've uh, seen Ray. And if Ray came back into my life, oh, Johnny Boy, it's great to see you. How you been there? I'm like, great. You got five bucks. That would be like the first question he's got for me is if I could, could borrow five bucks. You got five bucks. He got 10. He turns Irish. Any man with $10 says it's 20 in there. Okay. Well, how much do you need? 1500 Oh, my God. <laughs> you were going to nickel and dime me up to 1500 And if you don't got 1500 I'll take 1000 He's got the time. I got a call from him once in the middle of the night. Johnny, can't be telling nobody about this. 
Like, what's the matter? Can't say nothing about this. What's wrong? Trapped. Where are you? I owe somebody some money. Where are you? I'm trapped. Like, is this an emergency? Where are you trapped? In a well? It's a place downtown. They got me trapped. They say if I don't give them $1,500, they won't let me loose. Call him Neeson. I said, well, yeah. I said, <laughs> where are you? Because now I'm kind of worried that he's been kidnapped in some sort of terrible exchange. I don't know. It's right downtown here. It's a bunch of people. But I'm trapped. I'm like, you don't know where you are. No. Like, where do I give you? How do I get this money to you if I'm going to try to loosen you up? You go to the city court. I'm like, you're in jail. You're in something called jail, Ray. <laughs> is that what this is? <laughs> anyway, I need $1,500. It won't cut me loose. Like, that's your bail, you dick. Just say so. You're trapped. You've Got been... him in a trap. He, but that's how he thought. I know. He thought that the police were a gang and he'd been kidnapped by this gang and stuffed into a bunch of other... And they were going to do horrible things to him. But, I, yeah, that's all I thought of last night was Ray. Stuck at the bar at Seamus McCaffrey's. Oh, was. don't go to Seamus with uh, Ray. Don't go to any Irish You'll never leave. You're trapped. Real, oh, you're trapped. Yeah, that's your jail forever. I'll never forget. Uh, I've told this story before, but it's one of my, one of my uh, introductions to what Irish people are really about. Is that they're not real specific human beings. They're roundabouters. And you learn that the hard way, especially when one's training you to box. So I got... To the point where boxing turned into like, uh, Johnny, you want to you start sparring a little bit? You want to get in there, get in the ring, mix it up? I'm like, yeah, all right, let's do that. I think you're ready. I'm like, okay. So I get a guy who's good for you. Well, I'll put you in there with somebody who you know, knows what they're doing and can help you out, but about your speed. I'm like, okay. So I'm in the you know, training there, 30 minutes from fight time. I don't see anybody else. And this massive black man comes in. And all I'm thinking is, please, God, don't let that be my sparring partner today. It's, it was. <laughs> so I hop in there at ring, and Ray's like, all right, just going to go around a couple of rounds. Just, you know, defense, dance around, get, get around this guy. He's like a bear, you know, just get around him. Dodge, work the jab a little bit. Just, you know, the basics. It's your first time. I'm like, all right, couple rounds. I'm like, okay. So I'm dancing. I look good. Throwing jabs. I'm like, this sport is mine. I, this guy can't keep up. He's in the middle of the ring. I'm moving. I'm getting out of the way. All over the ring. Bouncing here and there. Looking good, Johnny boy. Second round ends. I got to take my mouthpiece out. He goes, all right, this round I want you to start working some body shots. I'm like, you said a couple rounds. He goes, couple, three, four, five. I'm like, Ray, I've been running around that ring, staying away from that giant black man for six minutes. I got nothing left. Two more rounds. I'm like, oh. By the end of the third round, this guy is just hammering me like a lumberjack hitting a tree. And he says in my ear, why ain't you hitting me back? <laughs> I can't lift my arms. He beat the living crap out of me for uh, those last three rounds. You were really trouble because a couple to an Irishman is five. <laughs> You're like you guys are always, and meat and yeah, rocky. That's why you guys are always drunk. I just have a couple of beers. That's five. Couple to them is at least five. So next time he says, "You're gonna get in there and do a couple of rounds." I'm like, "No, I'll do two or three. I'm new. Two or three. You're gonna hop in there two or three rounds. That's crazy talk." Do couple. I know what your couple is, you son of a bitch. Never trust an Irishman with a couple. Just say one round. Yes. That way you get your three. Yes. I will do half of the first round and then maybe a slight rest in a, in a soda. All right, we'll do half a round. All right, I'm getting three in. That's three. <laughs> yeah, they don't work because it's in the pub. I realized later that's how you argue back to the bartender that says, you owe me. All I had was a couple. We got more than a couple. I had a couple. The other Irishman I hung out with. Where do you once. think that started? When people got pulled over on the side of the road. Couple, the Irish. The Irish. They get, they get, they get, their horse and buggy got pulled over. 
How many had tonight, Seamus? I've only had a couple. <laughs> Two. Yeah, they lie. A couple is like 11. It gets more and more if you let it. And it always starts little and gets huge. My other favorite Irish story is my uh, Irishman I didn't know that I went drinking with his Irish cousin. And this guy was straight off the boat. We went over to the Rula Bula. And we're all drinking car bombs, which I'd never had before that night. And that is Bushmills and Guinness. And it's... A bomb. It's, you know, it's, it's a car bomb. I'd rather have my car bombed and deal with insurance than do this again. And we're six, seven in. Everybody's plastered. And I'm buying. And uh, the Irish kid goes in the bathroom. I'm sitting with my friend Kevin, who's his cousin. He goes, hey, we got to get out of here. I don't know. And the bartender or the uh, owner comes out and he goes, you. He points to me. Get everybody out of here. I'm like, why? And he goes, your friend's in there taking a sh- all over my floor. <laughs> like, What? <laughs> And he comes out just drunk, and he hears him say it. And he goes, I didn't know such thing. And he was the only one in there. And I didn't know such thing. I demand a DNA test. And he starts <laughs> yelling about it. Turns out he was just puking Guinness all over the place. Oh. And the floor was a good one-inch coat. Frothing of, brown. Of frothy brown Guinness beer and uh, bush milk. And he was fine. Later that night, his cousin... Started to make out with a girl, and she right. was British, and he was British. His name was Davey. Davey's one of my favorite people on the planet. And Dave uh, is grabbing her, giving her a squeeze right there. I wasn't in the room at this time, but the story comes back. Uh, you know, it's been confirmed by three others that uh, that Dave was trying to you know get a little action. She's like, Davey, stop it. He's like, come on, bird. Starts kissing her some more. Starts squeezing. She goes, David, what are you doing? He's like, I'm f***ing you up, aren't I? I'm grabbing you by the goodies. That's my stomach. Oh. <laughs> he thought her boobs were her stomach. She was beautiful at the time. <laughs> He's kissing her. Like, can you imagine being a girl and a guy's making out with you and he just keeps grabbing your fat stomach and squeezing it? Oh. <laughs> thinking it's one of your cans looking to try to dial in tokyo yeah yeah he's, he's looking finding the nipple he can't must be one of these flat nipple birds <laughs> well technically she saved his ass oh though. absolutely I mean, yeah yeah banshees of uh in and brought me back to my the fun irish people that i've been around in my life there's ray there's a guy who threw up all over the place and davy and uh, that's it <laughs> that's the end of the list Outside of that, most of them just pain in the ass. Toledo's probably pretty Irish. Ah, our boy Chris Kelly's good. Oh, Chris Kelly, but yeah, he gets you don't want dude. him getting Irish on you though. Oh no, 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 no. Chris Kelly goes Irish fast. And, well, it's one of those things. Like he's good, 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 good off the cliff. Yeah, there's no, like, there's no downslope. No, and you can you can turn and go. Hey, it's great to have you here, Chris. And he takes that sip and he goes, "It's good to be here." You turn and say, "Hey, Brady, what's going on? Have you met Chris Kelly?" And Chris is b- blasted by the, <laughs> in that in that period of time of me turning away and introducing you. He's gone. Drinks are hitting the ground. He's talking about how hot your mom is. <laughs> it's weird. His pants are off. How did that happen so quick? I was standing next to you. But yeah, Banshees of Inishirin. It's going to be something that wrecks your day. And the fun thing is, if you watch the movie and you make everybody in the house start talking like this, most of you sound retarded. Like nobody can do it.
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. You sit and try to say, okay, I'm not going to do nothing while this movie's on. You've got to talk in the Irish accent or else nothing's going to happen there. And then across the couch, I'm going to get myself a drink. Oh, <laughs> Christ, she doesn't understand it. It's terrible. But it was, it's a good movie. It's just, it's an artsy movie. It's not for the Marvel fan. Thank so God. I'll say if you are one of those people that wanders around and says Infinity Wars is one of your favorite films, don't bother with it. I don't want to hear from you. Movie like stupid, zero explosions, and like no costumes. So like Mo and Larry should not watch this movie. Larry might like it. Mo absolutely, yeah, okay. no, she's out. Your friends with terrible movie taste, like Mo, yeah, don't <laughs> don't put them through it. Yeah, the ones that, that when you ask them and they say, "What's your favorite movie?" and it's not, it's like Guardians of the Galaxy two. It's the sequel. You're like, okay, don't tell them about the real ones because then you're just going to hear. The movie was done, and they hear somebody talk, and then they just reveal themselves as someone you shouldn't even talk to that much. And I like Mo too much for that. Uh, have you been following this? Uh, for some reason, this is following me. It's one of those moments on your phone where I took interest in this immediately, and uh, now I get all the updates on it. There's a missing lady in Massachusetts named Anna Walsh, or Walshie. Uh, she went missing on New Year's Day. She's still missing. And uh, I used the comedian Patrice O'Neill used to have a thing that as uh, as a husband, if your wife goes missing, you cannot act sad because the more sad sad you are, you did it. Yeah. Because no man is that sad when his wife is missing for a week. Like if she's gone for a week and you know where she is, it's the happiest week you've had in a long time. And if she's just missing or just disappeared for a week. He even because Patrice O'Neill even said it'd be like two days before I even noticed the dishes start piling up and if you're and immediately I, going on the news, you go in the news and start crying too hard because no man is that sad. They're just trying to figure it out. This dude went on two days later sobbing, and I said, I wonder if the Patrice O'Neill thing's going to kick in. They arrested him yesterday, and it, 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 it same exact thing. about four hundred and fifty dollars yeah. worth of cleaning supplies yeah right and they always have a receipt they find that he went to the dollar store a place he's never been picked up some bleach and a couple of mops and a little rope and like he didn't buy that before but yeah so i watched him he gave it It wasn't too sobby but it was too sad like it had no hope you know what i mean like if uh, somebody in your life goes missing for a day or two like two days and you're like she's gone i don't know what's going on. like you're almost angrier than you are sad if you didn't do it, if you already know she's dead because you did it, then you gotta. Then you're three steps ahead of everybody else, so you're crying because you've lost her. But if you're like, "Hey, my wife's missing," guys who really have missing wives go on TV and go, "We gotta find her. This is insanity. I don't know who's doing this." And then you start giving tips and things that she was doing. Guys who killed him get sad like immediately, and this dude was sad immediately. I've been waiting, but it took 17 days, so they got him. Uh, it's they've been investigating for two weeks. Um, and they really didn't catch him doing much. They just, they just kind of went off the idea of like, you're not really helping this operation. Here. Well, they're, yeah, they're going to 
look into the investigation. Yeah. Just wait for something to... It's the Scott Peterson thing. There's a load of them. You're like, your wife's missing, and you've already kind of buried her. Like, you're mentally mourning the loss of her. Or they'll say something stupid like she was. She was a great mother. And that's a dead giveaway. Like, the second you pass tensor, you know she's dead. So that's kind of what this guy was doing. He like little subtle things like always going through the, the sad husband routine where he's saying things like, I just don't know what I'm going to do without her. It's like, uh, we, we, she might be hiding. She might have run away. And, he, and doesn't it come down to where the people think, you know, if they can't find a body, I can get I get away with it. Kinda. It makes it harder. Yeah. But th- th- those dudes never play their cards right. That's why everybody loves these murder mystery podcasts and Dateline and stuff like that. I don't think it's so much that we're interested in it. As we all have the thought in the back of our head, if someone tried to kill me, would I see it coming? And if I tried to kill someone, would I... Be able, like Brett knows, would I be Whoa. able to get away with this? I mean, what what are what are this guy's missteps? That's really why we watch Dateline. Is what did he do wrong? And how many times as you're watching Dateline, you're like, there you go, the idiot past tensed his wife in the conference. He told everybody he already knows she's dead. That's it. It's over. And then Keith Morrison comes, and later the police revealed that they knew the second he passed tensed her, he knew where the body was, or did he? We were in the hot tub. She got up. And I never saw her again. She was such a good mother. People are going to miss her so much. I'm like, wait a minute. You just, you're, you basically just now told us she's missing, and now you're saying that she's dead? Well, I don't know. He's, he did it. Just, and then you got to go through the two weeks of going through the dude's credit cards, find out where the mistress is. She didn't do it usually. It's usually some insurance scam or some lady who talked him into it. And his purchases at Ace Hardware and all oh, that yeah. kind those of stuff. Oh, yeah. Those are the, like, a, a non-handy guy who all of a sudden has a skill saw and a couple of wrenches, and he built a big box. And like, what was he? Well, I want to take up woodworking. So last Saturday I took it up. Well, while we were looking, out. Yeah, while we were looking for your wife. And another thing, and I've always said this. This is a good one. People who did it uh, never look up when they're looking. You know, I always say that. The, the hope dies. Everybody always has that press conference for the missing kid where they're in that field. Like, it could be anywhere. And just keep your eyes open. Then they join hands and they have that big line of people walking through high grass just in case they stumble across a body, which is the least hopeful place to look. The, the guy who did it looks down. Everyone else looks around. The dude who did it knows he's down there. We're gonna, I, hope I, don't, I hope I'm not the guy who accidentally stumbles across the body. So this dude did it, and it's going to be, and it, again, it's a pretty white lady and her husband, and they arrested uh, Brian Walsh. Uh, he's $500,000 bond, so they're pretty sure they got the dude. But uh, again, yeah, $450 in cleaning supplies. He bought a tarp and a Just bucket. Just a couple days. It's, it's yeah. the, it's the it, has he never seen a Dateline? Uh, he was seen on security cameras buying all this stuff at a home improvement store. Uh, while wearing a disposable uh, 95 mask for a COVID mask. So that was his. And he did that on the 2nd of January. Then reports are missing. <laughs> well, we got you at the Home Depot there buying all the cleanemups. Amazon, pal. You don't show your face anywhere. Nobody watches Dateline. Nobody That's learns from Keith Morrison. Then on the 2nd, he was at Home Depot buying all sorts of things that raised some eyebrows. Well, Another, how are you going to, you know... He's making that purchase just way late well, in the process. I look, mean, it just yeah, you got to plan this out. You got to do it. If you, I, I mean, and, you know, uh, yeah. allegedly, right. and that's it's what I understand. Wrong. If you're going to kill your spouse, you have to plan it out. If it's spontaneous, 
okay, it's go time. I got to do it now. If it's spontaneous, you better hope you have all the materials at home because the second you hit Home Depot, and then the better part was is this is they got him at a – he stopped off at a juice bar too. So before he reported her missing, he went to the Home Depot, grabbed a bunch of stuff to, you know, clean up. And then he's like, I need a smoothie. And then he popped over to a juice bar <laughs> and had a juice bar and hung out. And <laughs> little pick-me-up. He's got some work ahead. He Jamba went, juice. Went to a liquor store dumpster. And they got, like, video everywhere of this idiot wandering around. And then uh, 24 hours later, he's like, eh, it should do it. All right. Let's whip up some tears, talk about my wife, and get out of this mix. Uh, they found the trash bag with blood, a hatchet, a hacksaw, a rug, cleaning supplies, uh, and it was 46 miles from his house where they're like, well, there he is on this video camera. They, they got him driving all over the place. You can't do it. So ladies, ladies are more methodical. I, when I watch Dateline, it's the woman that kills her husband is the one who usually gets away with it. They know how to play because it's, it's not unexpected for them to sob and cry. They're emotional. And I think half of it after I watch, when they cry at home over nothing, it's a setup for when they're going to kill you. Because it's, oh, she used to cry a lot. So the crying is not unexpected. Like They can whip up those tears like nobody's business. Dateline's taught us an awful lot, but this story is going to be another one. I mean, it's just... They have a slight advantage, too, with uh, self-defense. Oh, yeah. It was, he attacked me. He was asleep. He attacked me. <laughs> I, I luckily had an axe right. with me. And that's, that's the better part of being a woman, is that if a dude's a dick to you, you can wait for him to go to sleep and hack him up, and people are on your side. Yep. I've always gone back to John Wayne Bobbitt's wife. She cut the man's penis off. Chucked it out a window. And threw it out a car window. If it weren't for that little chicken cutlet hitting some farmer, or it would still be laying out there. And everybody was, yeah, good for you, you sister. It. And all I thought was, well, what if the same, because all the dude, the dude was just, you know, just kind of a pig. It was, he was whoring around. But she cut his penis off. And I always thought, well, there's women who do that. If you went and mutilated her genitals, you'd be the biggest monster on the planet for just not being able to handle the divorce or whatever you're going to do next. If he went and just carved a pentagram on top of her junk, there'd be zero People magazine covers and heroic interviews. And like, what a, what a, she deserves she, it. She's a hero to all ladies. She scissored. It wasn't a knife or a clean cut. She used like, like scissors. 20 years later, still. While the dude was asleep. I don't like getting woken up by loud sounds. Wake up with somebody halfway through my wiener like kindergarten scissors on construction paper. I know, Brett. And she's a hero to the women. They laugh. (laughs) I remember I was at a table of girls once. It was right after this happened, and they were laughing. (laughs) You deserve that. And I'm like, I had a friend once who cut his wife's boobs off. Because she kissed a guy at a party. Oh, my God. Yeah, he just chopped him off and chucked him in the water. That's horrible. I'm like, it's the same goddamn thing you guys are celebrating here. No, it's not. It's different. No, it's not. You want it to be, but it isn't. If we started hacking your cans off every time you guys did something we didn't like, we wouldn't slap high fives. Even guys would know. This dude's nuts. But, yeah, women like that. I'll cut it off. I've heard women say that to their husbands. You do that, y'all cut yours off. I'm like, no, all right. Watch Dateline if you're going to do it. But it doesn't it feel like every seven or eight years we get a mad white husband kills his pretty the white Peterson wife. Syndrome. The Peterson syndrome. But it's the same exact, like, they don't ever learn from the past. 
If you go back 100 years and read about a murder in a town and be like, oh, it, he did the same thing. He just went down to the mercantile and bought some rope and some turpentine and a burlap sack. And the next thing you know, his wife's not around anymore. And I think maybe back then they used to get away with it a lot more often. Cause I was just wondering, you know, I was thinking about how many are there out there that it was an accident, still reported as an accident. Uh, well, if it's an accident, I don't know, you do you know, go like to the point of going to the Home Depot and buying hatchets and cut her up? I mean, there's <laughs> no, no reason those, to go buy a saw. Those never seem to work. No, well, of course not. <laughs> if your wife slips and falls, like William Shatner calling 911. The drowning. Yeah, she's in the bottom of the pool. Like, oh, that's terrible. Have you tried to get her? It's the very deep end. Oh. <laughs> All right, we'll send somebody over. That was an accident. He didn't tug her out of the pool and then like, oh, I got to get rid of the parts and then saw her up. Yeah. That's when it's no longer an accident. Even if it was an accident, you cut her up. That's when it ceases to be an accident. The slow poisonings are the s- scary ones, yeah. too. Oh, that, well, they never get away with that either. Because the, the, somebody always gets wise to when they're being slow poisoned. And rats or writes a letter to somebody that says, if I if anything happens to me, Robert did it. But this dude's another one. And it's the Gone Girl Syndrome. Although that movie wasn't very good. It's the whole... The husband behaved poorly during the press conferences, and then everybody knew. We, we judged him before. This, this guy did it. So if you've, if you've done something horrible to your wife, before you go to Home Depot, go to that Dateline channel. It's 24 hours, and just see what not to do. It's a step-by-step way to get away with murder, and nobody ever follows it. It's ridiculous. You come home, and your wife has been slaughtered immediately think to yourself they're going to think i did this the the person that probably hated her most is the husband more than likely it's usually the way it is it's almost always the way it is the person that hates the the dead woman at home the most the cops always think oh it's the husband immediately so you have to clear your tracks you're the you're the initial suspect right away always and there's the poor guy that loses his mind like the Guy, in, I think it was in California. He, his wife breaks up with him, or it's not going well. Anyway, he takes his uh, dump truck, rams it oh, in yeah. his car, into her car, <laughs> and then takes the dump truck to the house. Yeah, and, she's not even yeah, there at the time, done. but uh, I'll show you. Yeah, it's that's those uh, moments where the dude snaps. He's and those, lost. Those are understandable. Just d- destroy some property. That makes more sense. You're, that's not murder. There's a chance you can get away with destroying property when you're in OJ mode. You start hacking people up. OJ's still to this day. I don't know how he did it. I guess he cashed out. Just enough lawyers that found angles that confuse people in a jury. That's all it. takes. <laughs> That's it. But you start buying rope and smoothies, and then you still haven't even reported her missing yet, and you bought a hacksaw, <laughs> and it's on video, and you're driving up and down 46, 47 miles away, and suddenly there's no more texts to your wife. There's no more, you know, like communicate. They can check all that. The day that you stopped texting, why did you stop texting her? Well, she was missing. You didn't once text, just like, where are you? Okay, I did it. I, you guys got me. I said, it's the stupidest thing in the world. Crime drama. That's all we, we love it. And I can't get enough of this one. And it's a pretty woman and, uh, you know, a fairly Which successful bumps guy. bumps it up front. Bumps it up huge. It's like massive. Yeah. And then, of course, they'll go back like, this is the one I got yesterday. Missing Anna Walshie, romance with Brian, love at first sight. Then they go back and romanticize the relationship's beginnings. 
and they demonize the dude like crazy, and that's what they're doing now. Uh, so, so you're saying us as guys get a get a bad shake on this one? When you kill your wife, you, yeah, you get a bad <laughs> shake. Yeah, usually that's that doesn't shake out in your favor. He was uh, in a fraud case a couple years ago too, and uh, she wrote a big long letter to the court about how much she loved him and what a wonderful man he was. It was love at first sight. And so they have all this evidence of her flowery, uh, doting wife kind of stuff. And now he's the miserable prick that uh, hacked her dead body. He really is a fraud. <laughs> yeah. His art fraud was the, the buyout. Quite a distance, the second worst thing he's done in the decade. And she tried to bail him out of the art fraud case. She sounded like a wonderful person. Now they got to find Oliver. Hacksaws. What were you thinking? He's got the KN95 as he wanders in. <laughs> I don't know if that's is that what those are called, RN9. I don't know. Yeah. Wanders in there. That'll cover it up. Buy it with my credit card. One hacksaw, one turp bag, uh, some bleach, a mop. I'm going to need a bucket. Anything that gets blood out like this. This, Excuse me, excuse me, sir. Does, uh, does spot shot get blood out? <laughs> Of what? What in the world? Anyway, so I like watching that stuff. And this lady is, she's going she's gonna to go down a, a martyr, a hero in the Massachusetts community. But there's going to be a couple of great datelines out of this one. A couple, And NBC is drooling to get their hands on this one. They probably already have Keith Morrison up there just knocking on doors. And then I went to the neighbor's house and asked if they'd heard anything. Now, the only one I feel sorry for is that dude in Staircase. The staircase documentary, yeah, where they were swimming and seemingly having a nice time, and then she walked up to the house and they'd been drinking wine, and then she fell down the stairs, and they, and then they blamed him anyway, and because it wasn't on the up and up, the whole falling down the stairs thing didn't look right because her head was just wide open, and uh, saltillo tile. Well, I don't know what she hit her head on the side of the. It was a sideways staircase, and there were, but the story goes. Uh, at the end of the trial, a neighbor comes out and says, there's this owl that's been going around, and he sliced my head up. He reached for the guy's head and cut his head in the exact same pattern her head was cut. So then the okay. lawyer's are like, well, we've already stayed. We can't introduce this right before closing arguments. Too late. Um, and so she had this triple talon thing across the top of her head, and he could have gotten her, and she tried to run upstairs and lost consciousness and fell backwards and then tried to crawl a little bit, was gone. And then he shows up and he starts screaming. But it did look fishy whether or not he did. I mean, he was in jail for 17 plus years. He finally got out. He wants that owl theory to be real, but nobody buys it. But the neighborhood slice. I can't remember. Did his kids still yeah. stand by? Well, one of them doesn't. One of them bailed out. When yeah. There was something he said in the middle. I was like, wait a minute, what? And it kind of revealed himself. But he handled that pretty well. Because he went back down to the pool. He was drinking again. He went upstairs, and her body wasn't in the right spot. A body that falls down a staircase doesn't land where she landed, you know. And there was blood spatter. and stuff. It was weird. It wasn't right, but I don't know. I love that. I love it. Can't wait for the Dateline special. I love that Keith Morrison. And then he was in the hot tub, but that's not his wife. That's his secretary. And there they are on video, <laughs> plotting, scheming. Three days after his wife was missing, he's in a hot tub at a day's in with a whore. Or was he? And then he just always asks that you leave the question like, ah, I got to come back after the commercial. 
That's when we all knew Doug wasn't long for this world. Katie was going to kill him. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Surprised it hasn't. Two kids' bags were packed when Doug got home. He couldn't figure out why. <laughs> then a weird sound. A hollow pipe being swung through the air is Doug's last sound. <laughs> his eyes crossed, went in the back of his head. Fell right onto the tarp as Katie had planned. Off he went. Katie for Father's Day bought him a hacksaw and plastic. <laughs> Genius! A tarp. He did it to yeah. himself. Yeah. Bleach. He chopped himself up. It was a suicide. He hit himself in the head with a hollow pipe and then parted his body out and threw himself away in Massachusetts. Or did he? Katie was convinced this story was good. And she'd blow anybody that says it wasn't. <laughs> that's the way. Now that's the way a lady can get away with it. Any officer that shows up and says, I think you might have done this, is like, do you really? Because I think we can uh, offer a solution to that. And off we go. Bring in a little basic instinct. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Use your sexuality to get away with murder, ladies. That's a smart thing. God, I love those murder mysteries. They're great. Uh, let's get a wake-up song, shall we? Yeah, from the Banshees of in in, in a Sheeran. And I kept saying the Banshees of Ed Sheeran because it's just easier to say. And I would, li- I would like to watch that. That's got to be his next album, the Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Uh, let's get a wake-up song. Five eight five nine eight hundred. A good one. We'll scream it together. It's ninety eight KUBD. Wake up! Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com.